Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. I want to just say welcome back. If you enjoyed the month of May, we had a lot of solo episodes. The last episode we had on, we had Madi on and hope you really enjoyed that. Once again, we've been talking to all of you about giving us reviews, leaving reviews for us on iTunes. That really helps us with our search. That really helps us with our ranking on Apple Podcasts. If you can please, 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 please help us out by going on to Apple Podcasts and leaving us a review. So that can help us with our rankings and things that we're trying to do here at the show. Wanted to get that housekeeping item out of the way before we jumped onto the show. I want to thank everybody that's reached out to me too. We've been asking for feedback and I've been getting a lot of emails. I've been getting a lot of people reaching out. So thank you for all of that. Shout out to you. Continue those emails coming in because we love it. We love the questions. We're getting a lot of new prospect meetings and stuff like that. So thank you for all of that. And just wanted to say that. Just wanted to say thank you. Thank you to the community. And we love what you guys are doing. We appreciate the support. And today we are going to be joined by Brian Thompson. Brian's based out of Chicago, right? Yep. Yeah, but I was like, you're in the shy. So Brian's based out of Chicago. I'm not going to go through the whole bio. I'm just going to introduce Brian and let <laughs> tell a little bit about him. But I mean, he's my guy. We've been friends for, man, we met in 18, 2018. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because at the conference, right? Yeah, met at the conference in 2018. Yeah, there's some pictures of us floating around on the internet <laughs> with a group of us. There's a group of, I want to say we had about 12 of us, 12 black. That sounds right. I was like, I was going to say 10, 12 is, is the biggest group that I've ever seen. So Man, absolutely. Cause that was awesome. I had never seen that many black advice, black feet only mm-hmm. advice. Right? right. That's a whole, so it was a whole thing. But anyhow, Brian, tell the community a little bit about who you are. Hey, Emlyn, I'm happy to be here. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. I love what you do and the way that you do it. My name is Brian Thompson. I'm the owner of Brian Thompson financial. My firm specializes in comprehensive financial and business planning for LGBTQ entrepreneurs who run mission-driven businesses. And so in short, we focus on helping people run businesses that are purposeful and profitable. Nice. And so you said you focus on the LGBTQ community. My question, <laughs> yeah, I'm like... How are for both of us to say today? Yeah, I'm the tongue twisters. <laughs> you know how they do those little tongue exercises so you can make sure you say things right. Yeah. But what I was going to say is, because people are talking about niche, right? They always, people mm-hmm. always ask niche this, niche that, niche this. How would you start your business how do you find your niche? Well, so I'm in the niche. I'm an LGBTQ person and also an entrepreneur of color. So it seems sort of natural for me. Actually started off focusing on LGBTQ couples mm-hmm. and realized that that wasn't really a niche. It was a target market mm-hmm. because everybody in that market, there's still a bunch of different varieties of things that I needed to do and needed to know and needed to handle. And to me, the purpose of having a niche is to say, all right, I know what I'm doing for these specific group of people and it becomes efficient and becomes scalable and those types of things. And so Earlier last year, I went through the life planning process and realized that I just really love working with entrepreneurs. I have a tax attorney background. So a lot of people came to me for tax and business help. And I just realized I love the complexity. I love the challenge, the complexity, the nuances of helping business owners really have a profitable and purposeful business. And so that's how I narrowed in my focus. But I came into this industry to make sure that I could help people that looked like me and that were in the same position as me. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I saw when I came into the industry. I didn't see many people of color. 
I didn't see many LGBTQ entrepreneurs or advisors and let alone both in the same aspect. So that was my mission to really be a presence and be a place that people could come and feel comfortable, feel like they can be themselves and know that they could have a trusted advisor with me. And I think it's like, as you're talking about it, and this is just talking, it's so cool when the niche refines itself, right? Mm -hmm. Because mine was very similar. Like I have a minority family. That's what I help. But then it's like, (laughs) that's a lot of, you know, like that's that's, that's like basically, I mean, it's, so then I was like, okay, so then it got a little more specific, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm helping a lot of first generation college graduates, first generation, six figure income earners, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And I started to look Mm -hmm. at it. I was like, oh, boom, boom, boom. And so the niche refined itself. It went from right. what you called it before. It wasn't a niche. It was a target, target market, market. Mm-hmm. Went from a target market, which that was my target market. And now I actually can talk to people like I can see if you're going to be a good fit because right. I know these are the things that the people. So it's kind of cool to see that. It is. And it, it takes practice, right? It's not something that you need to do right away. And I feel like I try to emphasize that with my entrepreneurs is that you don't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be. You can always change your mind. You can always change things up. Really, the important part is getting out there and doing the thing and making sure that you're trying whatever you want to try and see how it fits, see how it works. Absolutely, man. So I love the, well, you also have a podcast, right? We didn't talk about that at all. So we'll talk a little bit about the podcast. Okay. Yeah. So it's called Mission Driven Business. And the goal is to make sure that we can help mission driven businesses all over the world, create businesses that are purposeful and profitable. And so I have guests on that talk about how they've done it in their own business and they provide tips for other entrepreneurs. I'm excited to have you on. We have you posted in about a month. So knowledgeable, helpful people I like having on. And I feel like it's been one of the biggest surprises for me of something that I really like. I focused on writing because I feel like that's where my strengths were. Mm-hmm. But I realized I just love talking with people. And these type of conversations are really inspiring because I learned so much. And I feel like we all are giving our knowledge and our talent and we're all better for it. Absolutely. And I think the conversation piece, I think you learn so much like that, mm-hmm. right? Not only, you know, you can give a lot, but you also receive a lot from that. I think it's a little quicker, you know, you're hitting back and forth. It's almost like a tennis match, if you will. I'm hitting the ball, right. you hit it back and you really get that synergy. And when you can have these kind of conversations. Right. So when someone's trying to building a mission driven business, what are some of the things that you talk about to help people get that? So I do it through a lens of five fundamental concepts. We start off with having a passion, figuring out what it is that you're trying to do your why for the business, having a vision for the business, what you want this business to be, values around the business what you want this business to serve and the values that you're going to use as a lens for those things. And then we talk about things like strategies and tactics, making sure you have a strategy around marketing, a strategy around finances, a strategy around delegating things for your business, and then specific tactics like profit first, tax strategies, business succession strategies, those types of things to make sure that they're all aligned. But to me, it starts with that entire process and going from one step to another. So you can use that passion the vision, the values as a lens for any strategical and tactical decisions that you make. Now, I know you had your JD, right? I do. You do have your JD. So you said you have tax background. We didn't even talk about that because I'm hearing what you're saying. And I know that what you're saying is coming from the background that you have. (laughs) Yeah. So how does having your JD, like how do clients take that? How has that really helped you in what you're doing? Because what you're creating. Yeah. I mean, it's helped me refine my niche for sure. People came to me because they knew that I represented small businesses before the IRS. That was part of my job for 10 years. And having that tax background, having the experience has been helpful and being able to help people prepare. The reason that I switched from becoming, from doing the attorney work to doing the financial planning was I wanted to be more proactive rather than reactive. Everybody always came to me in trouble Mm -hmm. and it's a stressful situation 
regardless. But then if you already have a lot of debt or you're in a situation where the IRS is breathing down your back, it didn't create a fun scenario for anyone. It's like, oh, I can help people be proactive. We can avoid this type of situation altogether and help people do it on the front end. So that was a part of why I switched. I am of the mindset that I sort of, I follow where I'm led and everything in my background and my history has led up to where I am today, which I'm very thankful for. It's funny how that happens, right? Because mm-hmm. you think about it, right? So you're sitting here, you're going to college, you get your JD, you graduate, and it's like, this is what I'm going to do, right? I'm going right. to do this. And then it's like, well, no, that we needed you to get that experience mm-hmm. so you could do something else. Right. And I didn't have any concept of having my own business. I never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. The partners at my firm were splitting. And one of them said, hey, come with me and we'll make you a partner in five to seven years. And I'd already worked there for almost a decade. And I was like, well, why would I wait another five to seven years I know how much money I'm making you, mm-hmm. right? I was, a, I was a senior attorney and I was running the tax practice there. And so I knew how much money I was making them. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, if this is something that I could do for myself, I'd be making more money. I'd have all the clients. I could dictate which clients I take on. And then I found XYPN and heard the podcast there of Sophia Barrow. And she's talking about how she started her business. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a thing. Let me see if I can do this. That's exactly what kind of happened to me. I heard Sophia, I heard Brittany, and I heard Sean Tidlasta. And I was like, mm. if they can do it, I can do it. I was like, <laughs> I went to Sean and when I seen him and I was like, hey, bro, you got 38 clients in a year. I was like, okay, so let's talk. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure everybody was saying that to him. But I think mm-hmm. when you can see people and think I can do that, it really starts. I think this is a good place for us to talk about your story a little bit. I know, I think we've been kind of dipping in and out of it. Mm-hmm. What's Brian's story? Oh, geez. Well, I mean, there's a lot to it. Like I said, everything that has happened in my history is sort of built up to this. I can tell you, I really got into financial planning in my senior year of college. My dad died, died of cancer. Mm. He was an executive for GM. So had a lot of money and he left it to my mom and she had no idea how to deal with it because he handled all the finances. And so she got a financial advisor who was, ended up being, I use quotation marks for those who can't see me, who ended up being just an insurance salesman, and annuity salesman, and took $100,000 in commissions from her, locked up her money for 10 years. And this is money that she needed. She wanted to move out of Michigan and move to Atlanta and all these things. And she needed help. And at that point, I was like, all right, so I'm one of two children and I'm sort of the more money focused, intellectual focused child. So I was like, oh, well, let me help. Let me start reading about this. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was starting law school. And so I was having incurred $166,000 of student loan debt. It's like all of these things that nobody sort of told me about are coming to fruition. I need to figure out how to deal with this. <laughs> so I dove deep into personal finance, was a huge Susie Orman fan, read all the books that I could mm-hmm. and just fell in love with it. Also fell in love with tax. My second year of law school, just the complexity, the rules, the exceptions, the exceptions to the exceptions. It's something that really attracted me. So worked as an attorney, while I was working as attorney, I got my CFP because I just thought it would be fun. Mm-hmm. And luckily, my attorney work counted towards the CFP certification work. And so it was very easy. And I had the CFP for, I want to say, three or four years before I actually launched my firm. It's just, oh, wow. yeah. And it was just, again, one of those things, the firm splitting, the opportunity coming, me having the background and everything just sort of came together. And that's how I got to where I am. And five years later, I can't believe it's been five years Man. since I started my firm. But here we are five years later, loving it. That's crazy. That's an awesome story. And I think it's, it's awesome and inspirational, right? Because I think sometimes as you're going through life, and myself included, like all of us are guilty of this, you go through life and you're doing things and you really mm-hmm. don't know why you're doing them until mm-hmm. sometimes in some cases, five, 10 years later, you're like, oh, right. You know, because now when I'm doing 
for me was doing mortgages, right? We did mortgages mm-hmm. for a little while when I was at the bank. So when I'm sitting down mm-hmm. talking to a client, they want to buy a house. I'm like, well, you're going to need this, 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 this. You need to make sure that and I'm going through all the stuff and there's no better feeling because of my background. I can send them to the loan officer and they have right. everything they need before right. they even ask. And the client, the loan officer, you know, the person is like, oh, wow, you guys, well, this is my financial advisor. That's been yep. a bank manager. That's been a teller. That's been, right. a, you know what I mean? And so all yep. these things work for the good. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. And it's, I think it just sort of goes to show how valuable we are as advisors, no matter what our background, we all bring different aspects to the table and having that knowledge and having that experience is priceless and being able to help you navigate an experience that you wouldn't have known to do otherwise. And I feel like it's always sort of hard to sell the fact that we are proactive rather than reactive, right? Mm -hmm. How do you explain to someone, most people have trouble with this mortgage process and you just flew through it because of our work together, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain the value, but we are so valuable. Those are the things that when people are talking about price, Mm -hmm. they're not getting the value, right? Right. So price is only an issue in the absence of value. Mm -hmm. I've had people talk to me and I'm sure you've been the same, like most of us. Someone talks to you, they ask me, I've had a client or a potential client ask me, well, how long do you think it's going to take for me to see value? I said, as soon as we start talking, you're going to get value. Like as soon as I open my mouth, when you ask a question and my answer is going to give you value. Is right. that me being cocky? Is that me being conceited? No, that's me being confident in the abilities and confident in the right. situations that we've been in up until this point. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool just to be able to have that and share it with people. Right. And the crazy, we get paid to do that. But we they, get paid. Right? They pay us to do that. <laughs> something that we would, at least I'll speak for myself, something that I would do for free, that I have done for free, right? Absolutely would do it for free. Yeah. Because you just love it, right? You just mm-hmm. love sharing the information and seeing people like this, people get it. Yeah. And I feel like that's what goes back to the lens that I was talking about. It all starts with passion. If you're following your passion, you're following that energy around what you want to do, you can do anything, right? And you will see things happen beyond your wildest dreams because you're passionate, because you would do it for free. And you can create a system where people will pay you for something that you're just passionate and energetic about. Absolutely. So what's your hope for all business owners? What do you hope that all business owners, yeah, talk to Uh, us about that. What's your hope for them? My hope for business owners and then sort of goes back to my tagline is I hope that we can help create a business that is purposeful and profitable. Part of my why and part of my mission is making sure that we are closing the racial wealth gap. And it's huge and humongous, and it's going to take all of us. And I feel like if we are all using our talents to help people be the best that they can and all people, not just certain amounts of people, that we will all be better for it. And so part of my goal is saying, all right, so this purpose what are we trying to do? How are we trying to improve society in a way that is beneficial for everyone? Mm-hmm. How are we lifting up those people that haven't had these opportunities before and also don't see people like them in the industry, right? So we were talking about the podcast earlier and I can't remember the first time I saw a black advisor on there. Mm-hmm. It may have actually been Kathleen Boyd. I mean, maybe it was far into the podcast and I thought, well, I would love to see people like me because I know if they can do it, then I can do it too, yeah. rather than why male advisors who are also doing this, right? Straight male advisors who are doing mm-hmm. it and succeeding. Mm-hmm. I'm not them. Yeah. You know, that there are other hurdles in my way. So long story short, it's going back to purpose, making sure that these business owners serve a purpose and serve the greater good, but then also have this business that can serve their life. Yeah. They know exactly what they want and you can have both. You can have a business that is both purposeful and profitable and gives you the life that you want, helps you live the life that you want. Because that's the other piece. If you are happy, you're taking care of yourself first. You have so much more energy, so much more talent, so much more ability to affect other people in your life. So managing both those things. And that's what I want from entrepreneurs, all business owners. And that what you're saying is so spot on. 
that's what you want. How do you create that? How do you help them get that? Like, how would you help them get that? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think a part of it is creating the foundation, sort of the foundation of the lenses that I use and the systems and structures and processes that I have as far as giving them the foundational parts of building a business. And the other piece is being their coach, being their advocate, being their cheerleader to say, this is how you do it. You're going to struggle at times. You're not going to be perfect. You're going to have questions along the way and being that person, that guy to help them along the journey to succeed because you can't, at least I've learned that you can't just give people information and they do it, right? Yeah. Oh. If that were the case, all of us would be out of a job, right? Mm-hmm. But being their advocate, being their thought partner, being able to help them along the process is also how I help do it. That, see, and that's, and then drawing from your experiences, right? Drawing from mm-hmm. everything that you have and you can mm-hmm. do that. And then having a mission-driven business yourself. Right. That's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Like you're teaching people <laughs> to do what you're doing in there. Because I think about that. And just thinking about the mission and thinking about the community that you want to serve. Mm-hmm. I know it is, it's Pride Month and I'm just trying to, like when you're serving the community that you serve, mm-hmm. what challenges have you faced in there? If any. No, I mean, there's a lot of challenges, right? There's always a challenge in the LGBTQ community, we talk about always having to come out. You always have to come out every day, right? You don't just come out once and everybody knows. There are certain situations where people don't know you or where people make assumptions about you and who you are that you have to correct. And to me, that is a challenge, That, especially as someone who is out as an advisor and as a part of the community and make sure that I want to be representative out there. There are all sorts of hurdles about being myself and making sure that I'm comfortable being myself and it feels safe being myself. And I have core values for my firm. And one of them is lead by example. To me, the best sermon is a good example. I can tell you all I want about having a mission-driven business, but if I show you that I'm doing it and that it can be done and that I'm living the life that I want, Mm -hmm. that's going to motivate you to really want to do it. And so despite the challenges of not sometimes feeling safe or having people make assumptions about me or people thinking differently about me because I'm a black advisor or because I'm a gay advisor or both, I feel like it's so important for me to be authentic and be myself. You know, that's another value of mine. We we want to make sure that we are being who we are and embracing our uniqueness and embracing our ability to be who we are and still live the life that we want and really serve the greater good in a way that we want. Because again, if we all embrace our own talents, everybody wins. Yes. And I think it's being a black advisor is one thing and then being a black gay advisor is another thing. Because mm-hmm. I think about this, and I'm, I'm sure we, well, you've heard this, or maybe I've told you, my mom was lesbian. After oh. she had me, she became lesbian. Well, I didn't know that. Okay. Anyhow, so now you know. <laughs> so my mom was, was lesbian after. And so now hindsight's 2020, right? So now mm-hmm. I'm 40. I'm a little older now. Mm-hmm. So I think back to my mom growing up, me, Chad, now born in 81. And I think about my mom. You know, my mom worked construction. So she was a black woman working <laughs> construction. I can only imagine a black yeah. lesbian woman working construction. I can mm-hmm. only imagine the shit she had to go through. Right. And I thought about that. And then I'm talking to you and I'm thinking, I talk about what I have to go through as a black mm-hmm. man, which you know all about. Yeah. And then there's sure. other people that are going to say whatever they say. And I think that's just one of those challenges out there that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's something that you and I talked about before. How do we do this? The racial wealth gap, homophobia, racism, it's so big and it's been around for centuries. How in the world in this little 80 to 100 years that we have, how do we move the needle on this? And it's hard. It's intimidating. And sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes I need to just be away from people, right? George Floyd happens and I can't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to do anything. I just want to be in my house by myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just a part of the burden that we have to bear, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. The only way that I can accept it or change it is 
really coming fully authentically myself and doing my best to make the impact that I can have. And we've also talked about self-care, right? I think that's the most important part, making sure that I'm taking care of myself first. So I have the ability to do this and make the change and have the energy to go on podcasts, to write about this, to put myself out there in a way that is sometimes unsafe or takes a lot of energy. And you know, this is where the sport comes, right? This is where you have to have a support group that's going to be able to help you there. Mm-hmm. It only can't be the people from the LBGTQ community. It has to be right. people outside of that community that are also mm-hmm. going to support you. And we're here to support, you know what I mean? We're here to help yeah. any way we can, obviously. You're my brother, so we're going to take, yeah. we're going to do what we got to do. I, <laughs> I appreciate wanna, that. For sure. You already know, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, so it's just who I am, right? It's just me yeah. being authentic, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I can be. And I think that iron sharpens iron and we got to get out here and fight this fight on all fronts. On all fronts. It's on all mm-hmm. fronts. We can't just right. pick one thing and say, this is what we're doing because minority money is minority money. Right. All minority groups. So right. that was part of it too when we were doing the naming is that we wanted to make sure that we included everybody with yeah. support and stuff like that. And in the end, everybody wins if we're all working together, right? We all get better. We all prosper. It's not somebody losing their seat at the table. It's just making a bigger table. Yes. Let's get this table big so we can. All, yeah. I'm telling you, I brought a fork, knife, spoon. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I know you do. You are, you're doing all that you can. And I appreciate the work that you do. Absolutely, man. And I appreciate the work that you do, Brian. And so what I wanted to do is this is, as you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast where we mm-hmm. are changing the complexion of wealth. And these are some of the questions I ask to everyone. So okay. what motivates you and inspires you to continue to learn, grow, and lead? You know, I feel the biggest part, the biggest motivation for me is I just feel very grateful for the opportunities that I have for the life that I have and feel the need to pass that on to pass what I've learned and what I've experienced onto other people. And again, I've seen the statistics about being a black man in society. I've seen the statistics about being a gay black man in society Yeah. and how I got to this place where I have my own firm that I'm making more money than I ever thought I would, that I'm working the type of hours that I want to work and having the other balance in life. Like how did I get this lucky? And a part of it is my history. And I've obviously had challenges and had to, to overcome things, but I know what it's like and the gratitude that I have to be in this position and know that I can then use this position, this power to then help other people that do struggle, that I know I can empathize with that struggle and say, yes, I know what it's like to be a minority in the community and in the world. So let me try to make it just a little bit easier for you if I can. And that's really my true motivation is trying to serve, trying to help and use the privileges and benefits that I've been given to help other people. Love it. Love it. How has your family supported you on this journey? Oh, I mean, it's interesting because I use the word family with obviously my biological family, but in the LGBTQ community, we talk about chosen family yeah. because a lot of people do lose their biological family if they decide to come out. And so I've been a very incredibly lucky to have supportive people around me and my biological family. I was married for 20 years. My ex-husband, we just got divorced, but he was very supportive of me and building the mission and you know, growing up and living the life that we wanted to live. My friends have been incredibly supportive. They hold space for me and all my emotions and the struggle that I sometimes have. And I feel very lucky that I can live a life that is open and authentic and I can be myself and I can focus on what I'm feeling and what asks for what I need without the fear of being shunned or disowned or anything like that. And so that support has been incredibly helpful in helping me feel safe enough to then be myself, be out there as an LGBTQ entrepreneur who focuses on mission-driven businesses, right? 
that is a very specific niche that I know a lot of people don't focus on, but I've been lucky enough to be able to do that because of the support of the people around me. Absolutely. And you're building an incredible business while you're doing it, you know, Thanks. helping a ton of people. So that's awesome. And yeah, man, I love the work you're doing, <laughs> especially we didn't even touch on the writing. We didn't even get yeah. into that. We didn't even mm. touch on the writing. I mean, we have to have you come back, talk about the writing. We get to okay, <laughs> let's do it. If you could offer like a parting gift, piece of advice for our listeners, what would that advice be? Just one? I, that's uh, a piece you piece, okay. drop some gems on them. You know, you know I <laughs> always start with do the self-work. It's so important to know yourself, know what you want, know what you need, and know how to express that because everything else will then come to you from that. So doing the self-analysis, finding out what you want, having that confidence to say, it's enough that I want this and being able to know what you want and ask for it and go after it and make sure that you are living the life that you want because this is the only life that you have and you don't know how much time you have. So you need to make the most of it right now. 100, 1,000, because I can't remember if it was a story, a meme or whatever. It couldn't have been a meme. It had to be some like short story, but it was just, and just to add to what you're saying, mm-hmm. was an older gentleman. And I want to say he was like in his eighties and they asked him, what was the regret that he had? And it was that he never lived his life. Yeah. Never. Li- and when you get there and you get to that, fortunate enough, blessed enough to live to that age, but there's so many people that are living in fear and living mm-hmm. in worry living in fear of what their family may think of them and fear mm-hmm. of what their friends may think of them, people they don't mm-hmm. know. So for you to go out and say what you said is love. Yeah. And to me, it's something that I've experienced. I feel like I didn't really wake up to life until my ex-husband and I started going through a traumatic event around codependence and addiction. And so having this experience of being like, oh, this is not how I want to live my life. What do I want? And going through the life planning process of saying, what am I really passionate about? what do I want to do right now? And what is stopping me? And you realize the only person that's stopping you is you. And being able to really give some thought around that, that's what it takes, giving some thoughts some internal dialogue around what do I want when we don't think about that. I'll speak for myself. I wasn't thinking about that for a good 38 years. I think that, well, a lot of thinking going on now, but <laughs> I don't think any of us do that enough. Like mm-hmm. this is why we talk so much about self-awareness, right? It's Correct. always about self-awareness. And the more self-aware you are, <laughs> the better it is for every you and everyone around you because you're more aware. Right. So it's, it's just one of those things. We just, we go on and start another 30 minutes on. <laughs> we definitely could. That's so important. But, yeah. Brian, I gotta thank you for coming on, man. This has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank great you for having me. Great. Always great talking to you as well. If the listeners want more of Brian Thompson, where can they get some more of you at? What social media <laughs> are you active on? Brian Thompson is everywhere. <laughs> uh, so I have my own website, BT Financial. You can find me there. I have a podcast, Mission Driven Business, that is also on the website, but you can also Google. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, BT Financial for is most of the handles for that. Facebook, all of those things. I also write for Forbes. So if you just Google Brian Thompson Forbes, you'll find my column there. Lots and lots of places that you can find me if you need me. You see how Please. he snuck that in? You see how he snuck that in? Said, I write for Forbes too. So if you know, if you want to check it out, it's there. My boy writes for Forbes. Okay. <laughs> Go Google something on Forbes so you can see what he's talking about. He yeah. Some great stuff, man. Brian, I thank can't you. thank you enough, bro. Thanks for coming on and for the work that you do. This is an absolute pleasure to have you on. An honor. And I look forward to working with you some more. Me too. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys, the listeners. As you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly. Until next time. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? 
If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast, so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here, and until next time, 